It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. LaFondra looking to get cold side of Fon. LaFondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to Elm Park Royals, a very special podcast about Reading FC, supported, of course, by our friends at Blue Collar. Make sure you check them out. I'm Jessica Charman, joined today by two different friends, a three lineup that maybe you wouldn't expect to see, Alex and Dom Curtis. Alex, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing okay. I had a little bit of a nightmare last night getting home. My car broke down after I left the ground, so oh. I didn't get back until sometime around 2am, but um, it was kind of a way to top off what was a pretty tragedy evening, a turgid evening to be honest so i really hope that's not an omen for reading football club stuff to come quite frankly it's not a good sign dom how are you doing today yeah all good thank you uh, i was at the game last night and it was a long trip back up to london for me oh yeah we don't like that commute not quite as long as commuting from america but i give you guys props for doing that let's start as always with the good the bad and the injured obviously a one nil loss for reading fc Sometimes difficult to dig and find the good, but Alex, come on, there's got to be some good in there, surely. We did create a little bit last night, like so compared to some of our recent away games when we really have created literally zero. We did at least create some chances last night to and look like maybe scoring. We defended quite well, whether that was down to Sheffield United's inadequacy, I'm not really sure, but like I think we played better. Whether we played well or not is maybe up for debate. Um, the injured, obviously, we've got Mate and bad. Yeah, we, we still can't score, can we? No, it's frustrating when you're shut out. We had opportunities, like you say. I really like Tom McIntyre. I thought that he, as a holding defensive mid, is looking okay. Dom, what did you think? Good, bad, injured? Anything stand out for you? Well, yeah, in the good, we created a lot of chances in throughout the game. I mean, we did look a bit threatening at times. But, yeah, again, the bad, we still can't score a goal. I mean, another defeat to nil again. It's just not looking good. And injured Mate, it's about four weeks he's out now, which isn't great. I mean, we have we do have options though. Lucas Zhao is now back from injury though, so it's looking up. But it's a shame that Mate is Mate is injured. Now, looking from the outside in, obviously I live in America, so I'm watching on Reading player. Not exactly ideal atmosphere. Look quite 
quiet, looked quite empty, understandable for a midweek game. Alex, how did it feel in the stadium? It was quite quiet, I think. Um, it wasn't as quiet as it has been for some of those midweek games, but I think there was just, there's a lot of apathy around, especially around last night's game. There was a lot of apathy and a lot of kind of um, expectation that we were going to lose anyway. And I don't really feel like people were particularly looking forward to the game. I think a lot of people were probably there out of blind loyalty, uh, like myself, and the atmosphere kind of suffers for it at, at points. It wasn't horrendous as an atmosphere, but it was, um, yeah, I think it was just a bit maybe quiet. Dom, did you have any moments that got you off your feet in the game? Was there at least a couple of happy moments in the game? Not a lot. I mean, throughout the game, well, I've been saying it in 71, as always. I mean, it has been more lively all the time, but it just wasn't there last night. You had a few little bits, but not a lot. I will um, say, I will say that the, the refereeing uh, probably added to the atmosphere because the, the Reading fans definitely kind of got behind the fact that the refereeing wasn't particularly good yesterday. There's um, one thing we can count on. It's that we're going to get inspired by a terrible referee, right? Exactly. Definitely. All right, let's look back on the game. First 45 minutes. I think we started better than maybe we had expected. Alex, you alluded to the fact that a lot of us were going into this one, seeing where the other, the other team were in the table, thinking, okay, this is going to be a tough one. How did you feel after that first 45 minutes going into halftime at 0-0? I think we played better than I expected, certainly. Um, it, it felt like we had kind of created some chances without actually ever really threatening the goal, particularly. Um I think the Tom Ince chance when he dragged it just wide inside the box was probably our, our best chance. And it wasn't a particularly good chance, all that being said. But it did feel like we were maybe kind of the better team just um, without necessarily ever really being on top. Um, I think Sheffield United were pretty poor in the first half, though. Like really sloppy passing. They, they never really looked, I mean, I can't remember any particularly big chances that they created in that first half. And it felt like we didn't really have to be playing amazingly well to be at the point of getting to halftime when it was nil-nil. And if it was, you know, halftime nil-nil at home to Sheffield United was better than anybody would have expected us to be at. So I didn't really have any, any complaints in the first half, but also it felt like we would have had to step it up another level if we were going to, be able to match them in the second half. Don, what did you feel after that half time? Did you think that Reading FC was the better team without, as Alex said, playing particularly well? Yeah, I thought we we looked okay in that first half. I mean, especially when you're comparing it to Middlesbrough at the weekend, we definitely a doesn't step take up. Much. No, it doesn't take much, but it's a step up in and in the right direction. And we did look okay. We were able to stop um, Sheffield United in their attacks at times. They didn't really seem threatening by their one chance near the end of the half with um, Lumley making a good save. But I thought first half we did play okay. How concerning, Alex, is it to you that when we get an opportunity against one of these bigger, higher flying sides that maybe wasn't on the best form, we know Sheffield United was struggling in the league before coming into this game, that we weren't able to capitalise on them underperforming at home to sort of make a statement early on in the game in front of your home fans. Yeah, it's frustrating because it, when you look at the fact that, as you say, Sheffield United haven't played well away from home, I know they're in second place, but I think that might have been their first victory away from home in 2023. 
they weren't playing well and it, it wasn't a case of reading were dominating the game and then putting in a fantastic performance so to to not actually be able to capitalize and create opportunities and go ahead in that game it, it just puts you at such it puts your defense especially under such pressure in the second half because you just don't think that a high-flying team is going to put in two bad halves in a row and i mean Sheffield United weren't great in the second half either particularly but they just had that one moment of quality in the second half which they just didn't in the first half um and it, it just feels like you've got to try and take the game a little bit more to them even if they are a team which is higher in the league um especially after you start relatively strongly against them I think you, you've got to use it as a bit more of a springboard in that first half and, and try and try and push on and, and make them make them worried about you a bit more and we'll dig deeper into the lineups and decisions that were made in terms of game tactics later on but let's get into the second half Reading FC we know have struggled coming out of breaks, maybe struggling out of that halftime talk to get things started. It was Reading that seemed to get off again to a slightly quicker start. Ince was the character that had the shot from distance going wide. What did you make overall of Tom Ince? I know he's a bit of a devices character in terms of his body language, Dom. Yeah, well, it depends what day of the mood it is with um, Ince. I mean, sometimes he could be one of the best players on the pitch for us. Other times, if it's not going his way in the game... He does like he throws in tantrums at times. But the tantrum he had at the end of the first half when he got booked was a bit. It was very Tom Ince, like you know, stereotypical Tom Ince, wasn't it? Do we yeah. say like father, like son, a little bit with his uh, characterism sometimes? Yeah, I mean a little bit, right? He he very he kind of leaves it all out on the field, whether it whether he should or shouldn't. Um, it all gets left on the field, kind of similar to, to Paul Ince at times, I guess. The the yellow card was a bit. It was just a little bit petty, really. Um, but it was very Tom Ince kind of character. So Tom Ince gets that booking, has is the shot from distance. We kind of don't create anything else. And then the tactic to try and keep a nil-nil goes in the potty and we can see the goal. What did you see from the goal, Alex, looking back at it? It's just... It's another goal where, I mean, Dom and I were discussing it just before we started, and it's, it's another goal where we've lost the ball relatively deep in our own, like, you know, in our own half. And Guinness Walker loses the ball. The ball gets played to, you know, played in behind Guinness Walker and, and Saar. Dan loses the man. It, it, it feels like a, it's just another goal. I don't know how many goals we've conceded this season, which should have been cutbacks from, you know, and then get tapped in from five yards. It, it just feels like the same goal we've seen 30 times this season um, watching Reading. And I feel like it's one of those goals where you can just put little bits of blame on so many people again. Guinness Walker losing the ball. Saar has maybe not covered him where Guinness Walker has pushed forwards there. Dan is very slow to react and loses his man. I don't think Lumley covers himself in that much glory. I don't know how much more he can do, but you probably can offer a little bit more expertise there, Jess, in terms of him as a goalkeeper. I, I don't think he does particularly well to try and stop the cross. No, I think with Lumley, what's so frustrating as you, and it's the whole defence, really, as you've said, this is a repetitive 
style of goal, right? We've conceded goals like this week in, week out with the cutback. And you'd wonder, what are they working on in practice? It's not that hard of a thing to imitate in terms of cuts across your six-yard box, picking up players. Lumley gets sort of caught in no man's land, which seems to be the case in a lot of his goals where he thinks he's going to come and then he's rooted in the spot and then he can't cover that cutout and then he's just stuck at the near post. And I think it's frustrating to see. Dom, what did you feel about the goal? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely avoidable. I mean, with Guinness Walker giving it away on that left side, him and um, Saar being out of position, it was just too easy to get through for McBurney to make that run. And Lumley, he he always gets caught in two minds. We've seen this before. I mean, especially before he even came to Reading, there was um, videos of his fails that he's already, <laughs> that has happened with him. So you can see that he always does get caught in these two minds, as always. And it's annoying as a fan because you're like, oh, we can try and sort this out. I mean, you can work it in practice and everything, but just in the game, he just can't get the hang of it. How much of it do we think it's down to the players though, and how much of it is tactics and lack of practice? Because it does feel like if you're doing enough reps in practice, you should be preventing these. Maybe not the first mistake by Guinness Walker, but the recovery should be there. It feels like they don't know what to do when S hits the fan, you know? I feel like so much of this comes down to the fact that we don't really have a settled defence, even now, mm. we still don't have one. Um, I mean, I think this was, what, Holmes' second game back since his injury. Guinness Walker's been thrown in at left-back again. He's been in and out of the squad all season. Saar has played, you know, bits and pieces when he hasn't been injured. There has never really been a settled a truly settled back five with five competent defenders all year. Um, I, I agree they should be at a point where they can, you know, cut this kind of goal to a, to a minimum at this point. Um, but it also feels like if Paul Lintz keeps making changes to the team every week, last week in Bengway played, this week he doesn't play. It, like, if you keep making changes to the defence every single week, then inevitably you're going to end up with a a case where if the player pushes forwards, like Guinness Walker had there and then loses the ball, the chemistry isn't necessarily there between the wing-back and the, the wide centre-back to be able to cover him straight away. Um, and I think that's schoolboy stuff, isn't it? We talk about consistency in lineups, and you see rotation in wingers, rotation in midfielders, forwards can sometimes work, but when it comes to the back line, you want to see stability. You want to understand how each other plays, and I think... We've been missing stability through injury, but not just through injury, but through rotation from our manager. Dom, how much do you think that rotation and lack of cohesion and predictability in the lineup is affecting this Reading FC back line? Yeah, I think it's affecting us a lot, really. I mean, you've seen teams like Sheffield United, they were very compact at the back, but they're far at the back yesterday and throughout the season. That's why they're competing at the top and near the top. And they've kept the same back line with Egan and uh, Basham, they might have one rotating the uh, third centre back. I can't name the name right now, but um, they they do always keep the same three at the back, and you can see that it does work. And they just need Redden need to find out which three are the best. I know injuries do happen, but finding those three to keep that consistent back line will help a lot with our team. I will say I don't actually think the defence played badly last night, mm -hmm. particularly. Um, and so much of us, like, we're talking about the defence here, obviously, and the fact that they've conceded a goal to basically, we've lost the game due to that one one moment. 
but also when you're putting that much pressure on a defense and a goalkeeper yep. to to keep a clean sheet every single game because we can't score inevitably you're going to concede goals it's football that that, that happens right um you, you can't expect your defense and your goalkeeper to keep a clean sheet 70 percent of the time if you can't score goals so if we don't create at the other end of the field it's it feels like they can have a, a perfect game make one mistake and then they're the you know they're the villains of the piece which yeah, doesn't seem, doesn't seem fair or like it doesn't seem fair on them and it doesn't really seem particularly like it criticizes the other end of the field enough and i think it's unhealthy for the defensive mindset as well i've played on teams where you're expected to not concede and you just feel this another level of pressure on you because you know if you make a mistake you know if you concede it's pretty much game over because you can't rely on your forwards so i think that puts a heightened level of pressure on and maybe part of that is the mindset of these guys why they feel that high pressure while they're making you know one or two schoolboy mistakes consistently because they have this pressure on their shoulders and it's very difficult for them dom do you feel like these players are playing with pressure on them a little bit defensively oh definitely i mean I mean, the amount of goals we've conceded this year is always going to be in the back of their head. Like, ah, oh, when this happened, like, it's always we've seen when we've conceded one, the gates do open for more. We saw that on Saturday with Middlesbrough. They got the first through the penalty. Um, City scoring mistake by Mbeng, uh for the second one there. But, and then second half, it, it was just open. The players looked like they gave up at times, waving the white flag. And luckily, we didn't see that yesterday. They showed a bit of determination yesterday. Um, and it helped us a lot. I mean, I expect them going to the game again, 3 4 nil potentially against Sheffield United side. So they definitely do play under the pressure, mostly because of how the season's gone already. And I think with us going forwards, we did have more opportunities. You said we didn't wave the white flag as much today. There was an opportunity from Yeardom and a Carroll header that, okay, it was a good save from the goalkeeper, but the delivery from Guinness Walker, the movement off the ball from Carroll looked like Andy Carroll from five, six years ago. Alex, what did you make of that Carroll chance? The cross, as you say, the cross from Guinness Walker on this this chance was, it was pinpoint. You couldn't have, could, Carroll couldn't have asked for it to come to any better. Um, and actually Carroll's the one who, lays it off to Guinness Walker in the first place. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the movement from Carroll was was really good for that for that chance. And unfortunately the header is probably the weakest part of the move because he's headed it straight at the keeper. Um anywhere else on the goal and like it's one one. Really frustrating because the, the actual move was really good. Keeper made a decent save, right, Dom? It wasn't just a poor header, it was a good save. Yeah, it was definitely a good save from um the keeper. But Anywhere else in the goal, I think that does go in. The power Andy's got on that um, from that delivery from Guinness. I mean, anywhere else it goes in and it's one all. And potentially we take the point because that was in the last few minutes of the game. But yeah, um, he has made a great save there. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We would be amiss not to mention the refereeing. As you mentioned earlier on, Alex, there was some booing. There was, and I'll let you guys off because you're in the atmosphere. There was some talk on the broadcast of a long penalty. I'm not sure. They said on the commentary that long went down a little soft. Is Long beginning to get a reputation in this league? And is Ince's comments about referees getting into the referees' heads and not wanting to, to make these soft calls again in favour of Reading, Alex? Shane Long has got he's definitely got a reputation, doesn't he? He looks for penalties basically every time he's in the box. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it particularly, but also, like, as a fan base, we have to accept he's not going to win them all. Uh, I... I'll be honest, I can't really think that yesterday's claim was was a penalty. I don't think it was like super harsh not to be given. I think the refereeing overall yesterday wasn't great. Um, but I don't think the referee was good for either team. It just so happened that, you know, I think we probably had a few more of the weirder decisions go against us. Um, in terms of Ince's comments, I don't know. I think... Him blaming the referee pro- refereeing every week probably doesn't help because it, like, subconsciously referees must be coming into games, right, Dom, thinking I'm just going to, like, I'm not going to give a penalty to, to Reading. I'm not going to give decisions to Reading unless they're obvious, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're probably saying that. I mean, we don't know if the referees even listen to this after the games all the time, but it can sway them a lot. I'm from a neutral point of view, it does seem like it for us not getting these calls, especially the one against Millsborough at the weekend. I mean, pretty much for me, that's a clear penalty for us and potentially a red card. But it just doesn't go our way recently with referees. And we can, we could be getting these penalties. We could get all these calls, but that's life in the championship. Bad refereeing. Would you rather have VAR though? Because I don't think I'd rather have VAR. I don't know. No, I... I don't think I'd want VAR in here. I mean, just how it slows down the game. We've seen it in Prem still. It does slow down the game and some of the calls will go against us as well. I mean, there's been plenty this season that we've been lucky with. I mean, so there's a good and bad as always with VAR. Yeah, I can't say I'm a big proponent to to have VAR in the Championship. And like as much as we, you know, Reading fans can say with you know, not had the rub of the green this year in terms of penalties and decisions for us and stuff. We've had the most penalties given to us this season in the championship. So it's all well and good complaining about refereeing, but we, we are getting a lot of penalties compared to other teams. It's not, you know, it's not a conspiracy against us. I mean, we've had eight and then lots of teams have had, you know, one or two or three. So it, it's not... A conspiracy. I think it's you might just need to uh, share that stat a little bit more to uh, encourage more Reading FC fans to get on your wavelength. Because I think I forget that too, to be fair. But alas, yeah. we have a big moment in this game, which maybe shouldn't be a big moment with Liam Moore re entering the pitch after 400 and something days, I think they said on BBC Barks. We have a listener question relating to this topic. 
from Dan. Let's see what Dan had to say to us. Another loss, but not quite as disappointing, is the one at Middlesbrough. Um, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the booing of Liam Moore, as much as I'm not his biggest fan. That seems a little bit much from the Reading fans. I was also quite surprised to hear Paul Lynch say um, the lads are really upset because they lost at home. Um, seems a weird choice of words when they should be upset whenever they lose. Um, but yeah, keep to get your thoughts. Let's start with the booing of Liam Moore first. It was audible even on the TV, which means it must have been somewhat loud in the Madstad. Alex, what did you think? Um, it was mixed, I think. There was definitely booing 100% when he came on. There was scattered applause, um, probably more booing, I guess. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a really weird subject, I think, Liam Moore, at this point, because the situation has gone on, as you say, whatever it is, 450 days or something ridiculous by, the, by now. I'm just kind of, it's just a circus. The whole thing is just a bit, like, ridiculous. Um, it's difficult to kind of have any strong feeling, or at least for myself, I feel very difficult to have any strong feelings either way anymore at this point, because we all know he's leaving in summer anyway, so I just don't really care that much if he plays or not. If he plays and he's good, then great. If he doesn't play, it doesn't really feel like we're losing anything. I kind of understand why people want to boo him. If you know, if you don't like him, that's kind of your your call and your choice. And I, I get it. I think that booing him every time he touched the ball was maybe a little much. Yeah, that felt like. And we're losing one nil. We kind of need him to do something, right? Yeah, I was. We were saying like when he came on, like what what are people going to do if he scores? Like not celebrate, boo. Like it's. It was just, a, it was a bit odd. Um, every time he touched the ball, I thought I kind of understood it when he came on, but he would probably get some kind of a negative reaction from some people. Um, ultimately, I think my my view is basically if he, he's he's more mobile than Scott Dan, isn't he? So, I mean, I'd play, I'd play him if, if only for that point now. Dom, feelings on the booing? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I was being neutral with it. I mean, I don't... I... I'm more towards a dislike of him, mostly because of what he said about the well, when he a few years ago saying uh, he wants to drive away from Reading and start somewhere else, which every player is entitled to. But I mean, that was two, three years ago now, and he's still one of our highest like paid players at the club. I mean, obviously, it doesn't help with our financial situation at the moment, um, with him still being on our wage bill. But I feel. Every time he touched the ball, like Alex said, it was unnecessary at times. Um, and people can have their opinions. I mean, people I was standing with, some of them were saying, oh, Judas, um, it's about him. I was just... But everyone, yeah, like I said, everyone's entitled to their opinion about him. But if he does the job, he does the job for us. I mean, we need to be more stable in that back line. If he offers that, I'll welcome him back in the team. But he did, will have to earn the respect for a lot of fans. But it is going to be such an interesting scenario if he does keep getting these cameo performances and eventually puts one in the back of the net. How does he celebrate that goal? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you not think about what would you do in a situation? You know what I mean? It's got to be a Matt Mills celebration, doesn't it? Like, just turn around and just, you know, flick everybody off. I, I just, I, I think he's... I mean, I don't. The other thing is, like you say, if he keeps getting cameo appearances, what do people do? Do you just keep up this level of anger towards him for the rest of the season? Like, I don't. What happens when he? What happens if he does something good? Do you not applaud? Do you just boo him anyway? I don't. I don't know. It's 
it's such a weird scenario. I'm hoping this was a one-off. Get it out your system. You've made your statement. Everyone's heard you booing. He's heard you booing. He knows you don't like him. Now let's just move on. Wouldn't that be what you would do, Dom? Move on? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he I mean he has suffered enough of his injuries throughout the near two years he's been out injured. And he has tried everything to get back and play for for the club and get his football career back on the go. So yeah, get out of your system with this one game and then after this, try and drop it when you can and just get behind the whole team because it will affect the whole team hearing all the boos throughout the game if it it happens what happened last night carries on. I will say the situation is very boring by this point though, isn't it? Yeah. That's why like, I, I didn't want to give it too much airtime. So we'll move on to Dan's second question about the emotions of this team and being very upset that they lost at home how do you feel about that alex shouldn't they be upset whenever they shouldn't they be more upset when they get spanked you know what i'm saying like i'm much more upset when they lose away from home because inevitably there's a four-hour drive on the back end of it still um i don't know about them but that that drives me up the wall um i think it's just another point weird choice of words more than anything i'm sure they're upset when they lose away and when they lose at home it's just points isn't I don't think he's very good at media interviews. He needs a media training. Like the club, I know we don't have very much money to invest right now, but it would be a smart move to invest in some media training for the way he comes out after team talks because the mixed messages he sends week in, week out are just confusing as a fan, as a player. Dom, do you think it's kind of weird if he, if, it, if it's true, let's just hypothetically say it's completely true and the players are really bummed because they lost at home. Do you think that's a problem that they're more bothered about losing that way than maybe losing in a game where they didn't show any sort of fight? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously we do have this good home record this season and they want to keep it up. And I feel like their players in their head, they were like, look, we're going to get more points at home this year. We, and we've seen it in our away performances, one, five, nil and what three, four nils now. And, the performances aren't their way, but they are at home. So the players in their heads psychologically will be thinking everything about that's why they're more upset at home, but they should be upset when we're losing 5-0 to Middlesbrough. They should be getting even, well, yeah, they should be disappointed with that even more so than losing 1-0 to second in the table, I believe. I'll tell you something, as fans, we're disappointed whenever we lose, while we're on the course of the manager, what did we think of Paul Ince's game plan, substitutions? How do you rate the manager for his performance yesterday, Alex? Oh, it's just a standard Paul Ince game. Just <laughs> like it's just a standard Paul Ince. Like I don't know what the substitutions were about. Like bringing Zhao on to replace Long doesn't make any sense to me. They're completely different players. And as soon as you brought Zhao on, you had nobody going in behind. Um, Taking Guinness Walker off who's your best crosser of the ball. Why? Like, again, just doesn't make any sense. Um, the starting tactic, I guess, of playing five at the back, it makes sense. Like, I'm not going to criticise it too much. It's not exactly what anybody wants to go and watch, but it, it made sense. It was kind of effective, um, even if not necessarily entertaining. But it, it just felt like a, a, I think it was a, game and a performance that Paul Ince will watch. And I, I mean, I listened to his press conference this morning and it it was a game and a performance which I think he's going to be happy with, even though we've lost. 
um, because the game has played out exactly how he wants it to play out in the sense of it's close. We've kept ourselves in the game and they've won it through a moment of quality. Whereas in reality, I feel like we sat there and we watched 90 minutes of that game and I never really felt like Reading were going to win. Even yeah. I never felt like Reading were, were able to ever take the lead and then go on and win that game. Um, but I feel like Paul Ince was quite happy with that performance. I feel like actually that game mirrors probably, maybe not every away game I've watched this season, but a significant proportion of the games where the the whole game plan is to just try and keep it to nil-nil and steal a point. Um, and I think that's probably one of the first times we've seen that happen at home where we've just kind of sat there and let a team win without necessarily playing that well. Feels weird to do that on your home turf, though, that negative attitude. Sometimes you understand it on the road at home, just feels that little bit more sore. Dom, what did you think of the tactics in this game? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I couldn't see us winning at all. Like the Andy Carroll chance was the best chance we had in the whole game. And it, it came out of nowhere from Guinness Walker's cross. I mean, we was always in those positions up in the in the flanks. Um so it was just a classic Paul Ince performance. And the substitutions, I feel like they should be made a bit earlier as well. They were in the back end of the game as well. So try and change it up, get in early, make some more subs early doors, and we might have more of a chance. It's players like Cassidy. Why bring Cassidy on with two minutes to go? He's Go, he's probably the most creative midfielder we've got, and you're bringing him on with two minutes to go and one one nil down. It just doesn't make any sense, right? You're going to utilize subs. You have to set them up for success by giving them time to have an impact. You know how it is, even in Sunday league, right? It takes two three minutes to get your body into the game and running. If you've only got two minutes, it, it's rubbish. So I just think that Ince is a frustrating, divisive figure. Alex, is it? We're not going to make a change, though, anytime soon, are we? No, he's not in the relegation zone. The owner was there last night, and, I mean, he's watched it. He knows that we're not in the relegation zone. I just don't see anything changing until summer at the very earliest. And even now, I mean, it feels like more of a proportion of the fan base. I don't know if it's yet over 50%, but certainly a, there's certainly a big number of people and a growing number of people who think that it should change or we should change from Ince in the summer. But at the moment, I just, I don't know if it's going to happen. I really don't. I think that the owner might just kind of let let it slide and let him go into next season still. It's going to be hard to get used to these tactics for another season. Boys, before we put Sheffield United, our 1-0 defeat to bed, any final thoughts on this match? I mean... Hopefully more people come out to these midweek games, but I can see why people have stopped because our midweek form at home just feels abysmal even now. I can remember so many of these midweek games where it's just cold and miserable, and it seems to always be against Sheffield United. And there was a game, I don't know when it was, 2018, 2019, minus six, and we lost 2-0, 3-0 to Sheffield United. And Sheffield United just seemed like a team which we were just never going to beat at home. I think that's seven losses in a row now. Final thoughts, Dom. Anything else that you'd like to hit? I think we've kind of wrapped it all up. I mean, yeah, I've got nothing else to add. All right, then. For Dom, Alex, I've been Jessica Charman. Thank you for listening to Elm Park Royals. Keep an eye out for the preview coming up towards the end of the week as we get on to face Millwall.
Let's hope it's a more positive result. Thank you for joining us on Empire Royals.